It is a beautiful Sunday night in the city of Las Vegas. Through the keyhole takes on Vegas. Only one of us. But as my boys are in Oklahoma, Peyton Guthrie, as always, Matt Burton, as always. Boys, you guys got your uh, bread and milk ready? Get your Go get your eggs and your bacon and your sausage. Snowmageddon's on the way. Matt, you take that one. Where, where no, I, I, I completely bought into Big Bread, Big, Big Dairy. I got all my stuff ready. I'm ready to be snowed in if possible. I mean, I, I'm trying to pull up. I'm trying to put my southeastern Oklahoma weather. We have different weather down here. We're protected by all the trees and a little bit of mountains. I, I don't know. It's going to be like totally fine here. You guys on the plains, I, I guess get ready. I guess get ready. So what you're saying here is that southeast is part of the southeast? Because I saw that you guys were supposed to get a bunch of ice down there, Peyton. I could see ice. I could see ice happening. And if ice happens, if we get like half an inch in ice, everything shuts down. So I'm, I'm praying for it, I guess. Yeah. So hopefully the uh, meteorologists are on point because they always are for winter storms. So we will, uh, we will definitely see. As always, if you guys, we're always looking for advertisers, potentially want to add sponsor our podcast. So want to do that. Hit me up on Twitter at Keegan Renault, Peyton Glenn on Twitter for Peyton Guthrie. And you can hit up the Keyhole Pod account as well. If you guys are love listening to the show, love for you to go subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a nice comment. Spotify, Apple, whatever platform you guys listen to. All right, guys, let's get into the craziness. Let's get into the craziness of uh, what was OU Junior Day, where Trey Wisner's mom was the big winner for Oklahoma over the weekend. Peyton, what do you uh, – what was your uh, – social media was live yesterday after I got back from practice uh, and kind of saw everything that was happening. Uh, what was your initial takeaway of some of the stuff that you were seeing out there on, on the uh, web? I mean, well, the, the, the thing that I have a hard time – I won't say a hard time. The thing that I'm, I'm adjusting myself with is how OU is covering itself now. I mean, how OU, um, you know, bloggers, journalists, people, even people like us, the fan side of it, is in the past, under Lincoln Riley, it would be, oh, this player's in town, that player's in town, this player's in town. And almost all of that seemed completely backburner. I mean, there was not a whole bunch of this four-star, you, know, you got Michael Tease coming in town, you've got you know, Jackson Arnold's there, he's going to tie up this commit class and everything. It was all really kind of based around that mother's tweet just about, Hey, something's different here. I mean, this is a different type of place. We've been here before. We've seen these. We've we've you know visited the school, and this is just a different style of you know official visit or junior day visit that that they've noticed. And you have, I believe, most of the scoop guys are tweeting out about the difference and everything about how the word genuine kept coming up from all the different recruits and recruit families and everything like that. And you know, it, it makes me wonder just what Lincoln Riley was telling these kids when they visited um, before he was kind of like, you know, looking westward, you know, was his true selling pitch always win a lot of football games, go to the NFL, have a lot of fun, you know, that type of thing. And if Brent is the same guy in private days in public, 
you know, you can tell he's probably telling these families it's about about this young man, about his life, about how we're going to take care of him, you know, and about how we're going to grow him and stuff like that. And that's going to take in, that's going to grow in, you know, a, a different style of player that uh, OU really hasn't seen in a while. But at the same time, I want us, I want us all to make sure we look in the mirror. We were all pretty damn happy when Lincoln Riley was make, getting multiple five stars to come visit Norman. You know, we were all pretty excited when he was bringing that in and being a little bit of a, uh, you know, a used car salesman to a certain degree. I mean, we were all okay with that when it was working, and and now it's it didn't work, and he's gone, and we're kind of having like hard scramble ourselves back. I would argue Brent's style is better for the foundation of OU. This is something to again, if he's true to his word, this is something that will have OU at the top of these recruiting battles a lot longer, because no one can recruit. To in my opinion, no one recruits to a school better than the players already on the team. You know, because when they have those visits, they have those one-on-ones, they have those tour guides and stuff. And if they're actually happy and not having to put on a fake fake face or something, um, that that's the kind of stuff that really brings in players, in my opinion. As Peyton mentioned just a second ago, this is from Josh McQuistion on Twitter yesterday, and he said, "I don't know what to make of it." but there isn't a guy I speak to right now who talks about meeting the Sooner staff who doesn't say the word genuine. It's so consistent. I keep thinking there is some form of hypnosis happening. He also added, like I said earlier, the conversations are somewhat different than what we're all used to hearing. And clearly parents and families are connecting with the message. I think that's so interesting because obviously I'm out here in Las Vegas for the Trine Bowl uh, for RPM data. For You guys don't know the data company that I own and help operate. It sounds as if Lincoln's vibe in Southern California is kind of getting picked up on. And there's a, a little bit of a worry that that problem, Peyton, with keeping kids in Southern California, don't get me wrong, there's a lot, the honeymoon phase is in, but mm-hmm. I, I, there's people here that are a little bit concerned with the kind of the approach that he's having. And maybe, I don't know, I, maybe that just speaks to kind of what we said whenever the transition between Lincoln Riley and Brent Venables happened was that people, he was going to have a hard time continuing to sell the same things he sold before because the th- things he sold before is I'm at Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma's the place for me and my family, Oklahoma, this Oklahoma, that. And like you said, like a used car salesman type, like, I wonder how that's going to fly in Southern California. It can go well. It can go well here pretty early. Maybe we'll see if their record backs that up this season, Peyton. They do have a pretty rel- – they have a relatively easy schedule. Um, we'll, so we'll see what happens. But it is so interesting seeing – and, like, I mentioned Trey Wisner's mom just a second ago, and I'll probably mention a couple times on this. She's the first mom probably since Tiffany Broyles that I'm just like, man, if Trey Wisner goes anywhere else at this point, I think that kid, like, it will turn into – I don't forgot the recruit on signing day Peyton from like three or four years ago where he picked at the Under Armour game, he put the hat on for the school he was going to. And the mom next to him was like, oh, I don't yes. want him. Yeah. I don't want him going there. Like that's where I'm at. Like it's so good for Brent Venables. It's what he's supposed to do. Um, and the staff is clearly being real. And I think the kind of along the same lines, of what we're talking about, Peyton, it doesn't sound like this staff is promising these kids anything besides a chance to play at Oklahoma. And they're taking an, to Brent's point, Matt and I trolled it the first week that he was on the job. But to Brent's point, 
they're making that offer and making the opportunity to Oklahoma a little more special than what it was beforehand. And I think that's going to be super, super important. Let's dive into the, into the 2023 kids for junior day, Peyton. Jackson Arnold back on campus right after he commits. Always, a, always, always a good sign to see that Oklahoma mm-hmm. is going to have a ring, going to have a ring leader in this class. Um, I go immediately, Steve Wiltfong, Crystal Baldwin to Oklahoma, Ashton Koza from DFW area, four-star receiver. I'm going to take a little guys be peek behind the curtain. His uh, receivers coach can't remember if it's flight or margin hooks, whichever one it is um, down the DFW area. So Ashton Cozart moved from Washington, couldn't play football in 2020. So this was his first season in Texas playing. And I hit him up and I said, man, this kid looks really fluid in the drills and videos he was posting. Um, Lo and behold, this kid ends up becoming a four-star player. I really, really like him. And Peyton, it kind of goes on and continues to add to the idea of this staff isn't going for, you know, short, fast guys, even on the outside. Like, Cozart's a big kid after Jaden Gibson. um, Jalen Hale, he's a big kid. Um, Mm -hmm. And the previous staff was recruiting both of them. I don't think Ashton Cozart makes it to Norman under the previous staff, considering the recruits that they already had committed. But I don't know if you've watched much of Cozart yet after the Crystal Bowls came in, um, but that would be a big, big get. He's getting a lot of traction in the state of Texas, Texas, Texas A&M, um, and some of the big power fives across the country. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And I don't know if that happens, Faden, without Jackson Arnold being in Norman, right? Like that, I think that yeah. piece to it is going to be super interesting to see how Jackson Arnold can push these guys um, to become a part of his class in 2023. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like, I'm looking at some stuff now and seeing some of his verified times. I mean, a 10 7 4 at a 100 as a sophomore at 6 3. I mean, obviously, I mean, that is quick. That's 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 pretty damn fast. That's four or five ish speed. Um, now, he does seem like a long strider, like you're saying. He doesn't seem he this is a pure outside the numbers guy to a certain degree. I mean, he, he's going to be, you know, playing one on one outside on the edge. He's his highlight does show him taking some wide receiver screens and stuff like that. I'm not for sure how much you would do that at OU at the next level, but he is a long strider, a bigger body that OU doesn't truly have that many of. And, you know, that might be good under Levy with the idea of, Hey, we're going to, you know, fuck it. He's down, he's downfield somewhere, you know, type of a thing. Uh, no, he needs a couple more bodies like that. You know, it gets really annoying to watch OU getting mossed over and over again. I mean, and we're not doing the same thing. You know, OU's deep bombs are because Mims is five yards past somebody to a certain degree. Not that he's just like jumping up and taking the ball from someone. So it does seem like OU is just trying to get bigger just all the way across the board, except for the quarterback position. That seems to stay. They still seem like they're okay with being a little tiny there to a certain degree. Not that Arnold's undersized, but, you know, 6'1", 190 as opposed to some of these like six, four monsters, but OU does seem to be wanting to get bigger across the board um, with some of their offers coming out, which is just an interesting, interesting way to see it uh, happen. Um, I, I say that and immediately, oh, you got like a whole bunch of predictions for a running back. That's, you know, five, five, 150 pounds, but still uh, <laughs> it does seem like it, it's a, a good trend. OU's trying to do there. For sure, for sure. I'm very intrigued. We've talked about Jalen Hale last week. Oklahoma's been by to see him, the five-star receiver from Long, I believe, from Longview, Texas. You had in Ashton Cozart, Oklahoma's primary focus in the state of Texas. They, 
to your point, like, and we talked about this before, like they made that huge push in the Southeast, right. When Brent Venables was hired with a ton of offers. Um, maybe that's a relationship driven kind of approach. We want to offer these kids. We know there's not a very good chance to get them. And then we put our primary focus on DFW at home in the state of Kansas. And you mentioned just a second ago, Dylan Edwards running back from the state of Kansas. I think a guy that was a surprise visitor to Oklahoma, he picks up an offer and crystal balls start coming in. Jaron Canick, future uh, all, all Peyton Guthrie weight room team, <laughs> Jaron Canick, uh, sending out the lock emoji Ooh. after Dylan Edwards uh, getting his offer. You mentioned him a second ago. He's a short guy. I had a couple guys reach out to me after he got the offer, Peyton, and basically said, well, Oklahoma didn't get Relief Brown. Oklahoma didn't get Braylon Presley. They better not miss out on Dylan Edwards. It'll be interesting to see OU finally have uh, the comp that I got uh, that was – oh, man, I keep pulling up the wrong guy. Um, Dylan Edwards. The guy that I got uh, was basically – this is Roy Finch, but Roy Finch understood the playbook. Um, <laughs> so that type of player is nice. I mean, Roy Finch was really good when it was hand the ball to him, let him run. But obviously, once he had to do other things, he just never saw the playing field, which annoyed a lot of people. But if it'd be kind of nice for OU to have one of those guys that's like that Deuce Vaughn or, you know, Sproles, and it's just really just aggravates you that he keeps getting yards or keeps getting open. Um, it's nice to have one of those in your back pocket every once in a while. And the dude's quick. I mean, the dude's fast. He can move. I mean, if you look at his, <laughs> if you look at his, his highlight reel, and he's dusting dudes, uh, my 10 yards down the field. Once he fully gets, once he gets down there, uh, he's, they've got him lined up in wide receiver on the outside and everything. He does seem like a, a complete do it all type of a guy. Um, he's someone you should be excited about. Unless you purely only look at, Sorry, he just scored another highlight. That's a really nice one. He's like split two defenders. Uh, the only way you wouldn't feel excited about this kid, this kid is if you only look at the, the stars next to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at anything else, he's going to be good. He's a punt. He's potentially your punt, punt returner of the future. At the very least, he's returning punts for you. And that gets and that now that has been figured out for four years. I'm just stuck on your Roy Finch comment. I'm just like, it's like 30 zone. That's to the right, Roy. 30 zones <laughs> to the right. Not this hard. So, no, it's really uh, – I really like that kid. I'm, and then let's talk about Trey Wisner, the four-star running back from Waco. I mean, he's really good. And I just can't envision a world unless – unless his mom's lying. I mm-hmm. can't envision a world he's not at Norman. And DeMarco Murray, that is the, that is the Lord's work by him. Transition transition staff coming in. You have a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, DeMarco Murray. You add in Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk staying, staying uh, adding in Trey Wisner to that conversation. I mean, the DeMarco Murray can't recruit thing is dead, but it's he's now impressing me to a level where, like, is Oakland going to be able to keep on to DeMarco Murray as a coach for too long, Peyton? Oh, I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. I mean, he would need to step into some stuff. I don't, I, like, where else would he go? I mean, would he, he the next step would, would have to be offensive coordinator or something like that. And that seems way beyond anything he's shown at this point in time 
uh, in coaching. I mean, you do you think he's going to like ask for a million dollars to be the running back coach or something like that? I mean, I'm just not for sure we're looking at any movement other than unless he just gets bored or something. I mean, I can't think of a place that would be an upgrade. That's for sure. I also can't, I don't envision a world where DeMarco Murray would like leave OU running backs coach for another running backs coach job, but he's, we'll see how these guys play this year. I was a little mm-hmm. bit underwhelmed with the pass protection from the running backs a year ago, which Kennedy Brooks, that was something that he had, was kind of really, really good at heading into 2021. Mm-hmm. Obviously was underwhelming in that area. So we'll see how these guys adjust and Eric Gray needs to take a step forward. And that will be uh, a great barometer to see what DeMarco Murray in terms of development is going to be like. But yeah, I just, when he's recruiting at the way he's doing it, um, whether it's, you know, a college job, NFL job because of his name, um, you know, and I, I don't see him tr- taking a, a running backs coach job at another place. It'd have to be an upgrade. Like you said, mm-hmm. probably an OC tag alongside it or something. Um, but I'm definitely interested to see how he continues to grow as a recruiter and see if he can continue to develop these guys. Another Oklahoma kid. There was a bunch of Oklahoma kids in town, Peyton, but a uh, big one for me, Micah Tees. DB from Booker T Washington teammate of Gentry Williams, obviously younger brother of Miles Tees, who Oklahoma put on scholarship their final year. Uh, that's great future recruiting by Bob Stoops mm-hmm. back in the day, um, or Lincoln Riley, whichever one it may have been. So shout out to them. But uh, he's really good. I said this on a podcast previously, Peyton. I truly believe this. I thought he was the best player on Book Critique whenever I uh, was scouting them and doing, doing our thing with RPM. He is unbelievable. Fast, twitchy, physical, not afraid, plays with reckless abandonment. He is – I mean, there's a reason Alabama – and he was getting recruited directly by Nick Saban. Um, to go to Alabama. He's in Norman for junior day. And Peyton, I don't – it's going to be real. Oklahoma's going to have to screw this up bad um, to not get that kid to Norman. And it's good to see that he made he made the trip down to uh, to see the staff this weekend. Yeah, and you also, he's also, you know, retweeting kids getting Oklahoma offers. I mean, that's always good to see. I mean, um, he's retweeting the running back. Uh, getting his offer and stuff like that. He's, he's, he's interacting with the kids who are at the junior day. Um, the thing with him, the team that I'm more worried about, and maybe you can kind of poo-poo this, is I'm a little worried about the Notre Dame connection. Um, Marcus Freeman, I think it's going to end up be a, a really damn good recruiter for Notre Dame, and that he's the he is the primary recruiter. <laughs> you know, like you said, you've got head coaches being his primary recruiter, so – you know, Brent's going to have to talk to him. Brent's going to have to be going to, have to step up to kind of hold this guy in town uh, in the state. That's something it does seem like this OU staff is doing that Lincoln Riley had zero concern about, which is keeping really good Oklahoma kids in at Oklahoma. Um, that that's it. And, you know, the, the commit we had this um, yesterday as well. That's that's stuff I'm, that I'm excited about seeing. I'm excited about being able to you know, maybe it's the the dumb Oklahoman in me, you know, the certain amount of the roster is Oklahoma kids when they do really well and all that type of stuff. But all that really means is that Oklahoma produced a lot of really good talent <laughs> that o- Oklahoma didn't have to spend a bunch of their resources, um, you know, reaching kids from California and stuff like that. They're able to hold on to the, the talent they've got. And if Brent can kind of close down the borders to a certain degree and keep the, you know, I mean, I think 
Oklahoma can produce what what would you say two to four kids every year that should be going to that should be on a Sooner squad every single year potentially. According to good friend of the podcast, Brian Bedford listens to the pod, um, runs his you know recruit hey, route for Bedford agency. We'll say this: he believes, and this is what the numbers back up over the last twenty years, Peyton, that there's about five or six Power Five level Division One players in the state of Oklahoma every year. So to your uh, to your point, I think that's very very close to accurate. Yeah, and, and you can't have those guys then leave. Is just you just have so many resources. I mean, if those guys are leaving to Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Alabama, stuff like that, you just look ridiculous uh, to a certain degree, in my opinion, because they're right there. <laughs> it, it shows a, a lack of attention to detail, in my opinion. Um, sometimes it is just smart just to hold on and put them in and just take them. Um, and Tease and the McAllister kid and the Norman Norman North, question mark, preferred walk-on. I mean, if they want to be at OU, you take them to OU and you get the other spots that you need somewhere else. Oklahoma did have some interesting preferred walk-on, and we'll touch on those uh, on some of those here in a little bit. Let's round this up. You just mentioned commitment from Eric McCarty, an athlete from McAllister, Oklahoma, trains at C4 Sports down in Durant, where also by Job trains at. Your boys down in Durant are starting to pick up the steam. They're getting uh, – there's a lot of guys coming out of there. But let's focus on Eric McCarty real quick. McCarty, one of the best players in the state of Oklahoma – Whenever Bill Haston of the Tulsa World comes out and says that he is one of the best players that he saw last year, he means as much to his team as Braylon Presley did at Bixby. Uh, he tweeted this out. I think I retweeted it earlier. That means a lot. I like this kid a ton, and I think he makes a ton of sense when you consider that Brent Venables likes that three-high safety look, a guy that can be a box mm-hmm. safety, that can, that can be kind of that seventh guy that commits to the run game. Um, I think that's very, very good. So we'll definitely see how things progress for him. But what are your thoughts on the uh, Eric McCarty commitment? And I think I'm actually going to ask you a question before and lead you into this. Does the old staff offer Eric McCarty? No, <laughs> not a single chance. I mean, he, he's going to Oklahoma State. He's going to Tulsa at this point in time. Uh, the thing that makes me really excited, and um, I think there's a, a drinking game associated to this, um, being from southeastern Oklahoma, uh, there is talent here there's talent in southeast oklahoma and there's talent in east texas i mean they call east texas beast texas i mean but lincoln riley and and bob towards the end of it just stopped recruiting that area i mean there's a chunk of this region that just doesn't get touched much and i understand it i mean it's like walking into a black hole to a certain degree (laughs) they're kind of getting these areas getting to texarkana you uh, you you said it no no i I would say it's it's a different world the time slows down (laughs) But there are kids down here, and they're also kids, and I hate saying that. I mean, I guess but they are kids, especially when they're in high school. But um, there are kids who who have just a certain sort of mental toughness about them. I mean, you hear stories about, oh, we had to travel down to Ida Bell, and we had a police escort, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's, not nece- it's not the same group of people. I mean, we're not raised the same way, I guess. <laughs> and you kind of want to have some of that violentness on your teams. Not all of them, obviously. You can get some issues there. But one or two, three or four of them uh, yeah, sprinkled throughout the team, and they can add a little bit of that insanity that you need to play college football at the high level. I think he's a great fit. I got to see this kid broad jump. I got to see him work out in Duran about a month ago. Um, he fits. I'm interested to see how he continues to progress as an athlete. 
Story time, though, real quick, a little off topic. You mentioned uh, the craziness of Southeast Oklahoma a little bit. <coughs> Played Tallahina my senior year of high school. I go out oh, about Tallahina. I go about an hour and a half out before every game, about 30 minutes before team, pregame stretch and all that fun stuff. Um, get a little bit loud around me, so apologize to people listening. Um, but we go out there. I get out there an hour and a half before kick, start kicking Peyton. Parents already flooded the stands at Glenpool. I take my headphones off for just a little bit, my beats off behind my ear. High school football. That's hearing things that I have never heard before said to me. <laughs> it's different down there. It's, 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 it's a very Southeast SEC kind of style living. And, uh, and when it comes to football down there, so I'm very much, this is a kid that's going to love the, love the game. He loves football. Kids from down there love playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, you add in the fact that he's a legacy. His dad played at the university of Oklahoma, I believe. And all of it is sounds and adds up really, really good, um, for Oklahoma. So I'm very interested to see how he plays out by Joe. Who's, who is the, uh, who, who's the last McAllister Buffalo that, Oh, you had, committed do we know we're, we're really gonna we're gonna put our we're gonna put our listeners through this aren't we we're putting them through it <laughs> i just dalton, didn't know <laughs> dalton wood i didn't know if we had one i knew i knew the answer is dalton wood but i didn't know if there was another guy maybe it snuck in somewhere along the line let's just hope let's hope eric doesn't have a crazy girlfriend let's hope eric never mind i won't add the other piece of that by joe was also in norman this weekend the by Joe, who you, who you famously hate. Oh, uh, we're for, already for, starting in, in the OU already, defensive scheme. We're already starting this. <laughs> so he's in. He was in Norman again. I, we've talked about this before. I got to see this kid work out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because I think if if he's a guy that Oklahoma takes, I think that speaks a lot to the direction of where Brent Venables wants to go with his defense. You add in R. Mason Thomas, a guy like Devontae Henry. Also to the mix, two guys that are also similar in that kind of style and fit. He's a pure, he's a pure edge rusher. Um, three, mm-hmm. four outside linebacker type. We've talked about that before on this podcast. It's kind of a dying group um, of players. But Bai is extremely athletic. Uh, we'll see how much weight he can put on over the next couple of years and see how he is going to adapt and his body adapts to the, to the game and the physicality that he's going to deal with. Um, but he's an Rare athlete. We've talked about this before, Peyton. He's the guy that RPM data would love, absolutely love, as an edge rusher. Um, he's got to get to about 235, 240 um, and maintain his athleticism. I think he's like 210, 205, 210, 215 right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll certainly see how that all plays out. Anybody else in Norman that uh, you want to talk about? I saw a couple offensive linemen, some big-name guys, the Chatham. Logan Riker from Missouri was in town. Uh, anybody else perk your ears up at all? Uh, no one that really perked my ears about anything. I mean, to be honest with you, the, the biggest takeaway I had from, from this junior day, and, and maybe it's just like the narrative story side of, of me, was just hearing all the comments coming out of it, just saying this is a different place. This is like there you can, you can feel the excitement. You can feel them wanting to do something and wanting to potentially come and be part of, you know, be, be part of a football team, be part of a, be part of a, you know, a football family that kind of extends everywhere. And you notice all these, I mean, Britain has hired everybody under the sun to come be director of player personnel, director of player uh, development, 
director of community development, director of player community relationships. I mean, he's he's surrounding all these players with hey, former, he's got to get a game former OU coach. guys. He doesn't yeah. get a game changer coach. Yeah, They're way behind. Um, I, I think shout out Billy Napier. They're doing something that is a little more college football, I guess, is, is the best way of saying it. Um, I mean, Lincoln Riley kind of seemed to try to run a pro team to a certain degree. Uh, and Brent Venables is 100% embracing the college football side of this stuff. Their kids, they're going to school. They're going to need people to talk to. Their families are going to need to be involved. And also just uh, – what I'm going to say here, um, like uh, we saw – who's the LSU head coach? Brian Kelly, looking like an idiot. And we've seen Dabo look like an idiot. I mean, you have to accept a certain amount of corniness in college football. Uh, <laughs> and Riley didn't do that. Uh, he's very cool, very calm and cool and collected. Uh, Brent seems like he's kind of okay with leaning into – I mean, you've got Samlin on staff. I mean, he seems you got Todd Bates writing haikus and stuff. He seems to be to be okay with just being a little corny. Like, a and have you seen the A and M Junior Day photo shoot? No, I've not yet. They're taking a, they've got that big state of Texas in maroon with all the lights behind it says A and M. It's super cool looking, but they're all taking photos with giant fish, like they're the big catch, and it's stupid, but it kind of works like when Baylor did the puppets and stuff it you have to lean into like when they did the 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 it was like the signing day they did the Muppets the Baylor did I think two years ago I think you just have to lean into it being silly and being kid friendly because more of these kids now are less edgy less like um you know playing Call of Duty and they're more doing Dragon Ball Z and being fun TikTok oh dances and stuff, God. anime. You have to be, you have to be able to ride that wave and being just a little bit of cringe <laughs> uh, to kind of get it taken care of. And it's just a weird, it's a weird way. It's, it's interesting to see, OU kind of lean into that. Don't go, uh, don't go full Clark Stroud though. Never do, never, you never do that. I mean, poor Jackson Mahomes is without content for the next two weeks, so. Uh, you never know what can happen. This isn't an old take on TikTok, Peyton. This isn't an old take on recruiting. This is an old take on anything. But this is an old take on something. Can Brent Venables put some stipulations on if a guy gets a video made at the University of Oklahoma on their visit? Because that's a lot of wasted time on Jackson Dart and Michael Trick. Oh, well, no, you have to do it. You got you to... I'm okay with wasted resources when it comes to something like that. I mean, if you're going to swing for the fences, swing for the fences. It, I mean, the media team has to work a couple more hours, but hey, you're getting paid to work a couple more hours. Kind of a good segue there. Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg both commit to Ole Miss over the weekend. Not unexpected by any means. Um, this is These are guys that saw the opportunity at Ole Miss, probably a little bit easier route or easier path to early playing time uh, in Mississippi and Oxford. So makes a lot of sense for both of them. And for Oklahoma, we've talked about this. We actually, on our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash through the keyhole, where we've got some great guests coming on this week. Um, and I hope you guys look into that, subscribe to it. Got film review this week as well. We'll be back to our patrons listening to this right now. Um, apologies. It didn't 
the plan I had didn't necessarily work out. So um, anyways, to that topic, we talked about this on our Patreon. Like, did Oklahoma really need Jackson Dart? Matt and I both said no. I think Peyton was also in the same group of no. And it just comes from the idea of it makes a lot of sense. Dylan Gabriel has two years, and then you let Nick Evers and Jackson Arnold in 2024 – 2024 did my math right in 2024 uh let those guys battle it out and figure out who's the best so it makes a lot of sense um for oklahoma that they're not in this position that they desperately needed a guy like jackson dart and so we'll see how that all plays out paid national signing day on wednesday wednesday and some it means Mm -hmm. something to oklahoma we talked about this over on thursday but let's kind of rehash this Grayson Halton, Holton, Ahmad Moten, defensive lineman, Jamarian Burt, uh, a DB from the state of Florida, or Mason Thomas, name that everybody knows, and Kevante Henry. Am I missing a name there? I, I think what you'll probably end up seeing as well, not on Wednesday, is uh, they're going to pick up some Juco kid or some transfer kid just for another arm. But I think that's for, for, for quarterback. But I think what you named there is probably all we should be expecting. I'd fade a little bit on Thomas and buying a little bit on Henry. Um, I think they may be in, in either or kind of to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you getting some defensive help and getting, like I said, just getting a little bit bigger on bigger on the line, some two nineties and three hundos on the line. It would already be the biggest defensive lineman on, on roster. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it is pretty, that is pretty crazy. It is certainly pretty crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite of you, real quick. Oh, I'm not gonna sit here and say Kevante Henry is not going to Oklahoma because I don't know by any means. But there yeah. is some Arizona buzz out there, and he took a visit. I've seen this that. Last, I've seen that recently. He took, yeah, he took he took a visit this last weekend. He plays the same position as R. Mason Thomas does. Although Henry could end up being a strong side defensive end, and mm-hmm. um, Thomas is clearly a weak side guy. So um, we'll see. I will uh, – again, it, it's interesting from the idea, Peyton, of our Mason Thomas's teammate is Amon Moten, and we'll see kind of how that all plays out. I believe uh, our Mason Thomas was on a visit down to maybe Miami this weekend or another mm-hmm. school, so uh, we'll certainly see how that all plays out. That would give Oklahoma a top-10 class, Peyton, everything we just talked about. Yeah, Guarantee be- a top-10 class. I look at it. I won't go as far as say it's a guarantee. I think it's a top ten class. Uh, there's a couple of classes right behind OU that have like 15 commits or something like that. And I don't keep up with how many more kids Clemson's going to take and stuff like that. I mean, there are some people who could jump up, but I think OU is pretty solidly at that ten and nine spot once you add those guys in. Um, especially if Henry leaves, that's going to damage Michigan's class a little bit. So you've got some room there, and especially if. Um, I mean, I can't believe more people aren't leaving the Michigan recruiting class when your head coach is actively interviewing, your potential future head coach is actively interviewing to go somewhere else. I mean, it's it's kind of wild. Um, and, you know, he's, he said the whole thing like, hey, if they call, listen. But it seems like he's calling people. Uh, and that I just don't know if I would be cool with that, to be honest with you, if I was a kid walking into that stuff. I mean, I mean, you, you've kind of gone through some recruiting stuff. And Matt, Matt's a well-built, well-built guy. Did you play anything in, 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 the, in the old high school, Matt? I played basketball. Did you get – oh, well, never mind. I was a hooper. I was a hooper. Did you get, yeah. 
No, I, I got say, recruited, but not by any, mind, not not by any schools mind, that you would hear. Not, yeah, not, not by any schools you would know. All NAI. McPherson. Not McPherson. No, no, no. Not McPherson. Uh, Harding. No, no. They're D2. They're good. Kansas no, no, Wesleyan. No. Kansas Wesleyan, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and uh, Southwest Christian right down the street from me here in Bethany. Nice, nice, nice. And, uh, and yeah. Baycone. Baycone. Oh, in, 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 in Bar- that's in Bartlesville, right? It's in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma Westlands uh, in Bartlesville. Muskogee, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a fun finish to this 2022 class for Oklahoma. Super impressive guys that, I mean, I wouldn't have believed it if you would have told me that whenever things, you know, happened with Lincoln Riley. And I will eat, I will eat crow on that idea that Oklahoma was going to have a little fade on the recruiting trail um, with Brent Venables uh, being the head coach and not because Brent Venables can't recruit. That's just typically how transition classes go. Yeah. Um, so well, it's, it's good for them. Um, they, well, I, the defense, good. Well, I'm not, I, I will say I would fade on Brent Venables long. I think his ceiling for recruiting is a bit lower than Lincoln Riley's ceiling. I don't think OU is bringing in three five-star wide receivers and a five-star quarterback in the same recruiting class, the same way Lincoln Riley had the ability to do do that. Um, I think what you're going to see is just the classes are going to be like 20-player classes and 17 of them are four-stars. I mean, it's going to be that type of recruiting class and maybe one or two five-stars every other year or something. Lincoln always had always had the potential to hit a grand slam and bring in five five stars i mean he almost did it in the 2020 class i think when the one of lay and everything i mean he was very razor's edge for bringing in the most five stars ou's ever brought in in a single recruiting class i mean i don't know if brent is that high um but the idea that we'd be recruiting in the 20s or something is just completely garbage of an idea that opposing fan bases were trying to dance on our grave. There is one name out there that I think a lot of people are, there's two names. Let's talk about the first one. Devin Campbell will have an OU hat on the table uh, on Wednesday when he makes his announcement. We will, we will dive into more of that on our Thursday Patreon pod uh, that will recap this signing class and some of the nuggets we heard Um, the Devin Campbell situation, Peyton, I'll just leave the listeners at this for a little tease. For our patrons, very similar to the Tristan Lee situation. So we will uh, we'll dive into that then. There's obviously Red Dirt Sport did a great job with that. Uh, if you guys want to see what that's all about, go subscribe to his Patreon uh, and find out what we're talking about. So um, I got a little more intel because of that. I was able to push uh, some people on the Texas side, Peyton, and get some insight to things. And uh, let's just say it's going to be really interesting. I can't wait. Um, to share that whenever he makes his final decision, I guess, uh, that was also made three weeks ago. Um, Joshua Connerly, because Oklahoma, is there, are they going to do it? He makes uh, the five-star offensive tackle, I believe, that in 2022, making an announcement in March. I don't know, man. I haven't heard anything about how that visit's gone. I know there's some Oklahoma buzz out there. That just doesn't I'm pulling my in the past, in the past, Peyton, and even in the present right now. That does not seem like a recruitment that Oklahoma typically wins. Uh, I would say 
I mean, just, like you said, just just pulling from my fandom and, and my experience for, for an OU football team, I would not expect him to be wearing crimson and cream anytime soon. Um, and it's, it's, that's just my general feeling of where the O-line recruiting kind of stands at this point in time. Let's dive into real quick. Tyrese Robinson's out here in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll have five guys down in Mobile from Oklahoma for the Senior Bowl next week. I'm here. I got to see Tyrese Robinson live. I'm just going to say this. Looks fantastic inside. Looks fantastic inside as a guard. He even played some center today, by the way, which is very interesting. Still athletic, but using his hands a lot better. He also looks like he's playing a little bit stronger. I mean, yeah, I mean, do, do we I mean, we expect him to be drafted, correct? Yes, day three. Day three? What's that? Fifth? Fourth, 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 fifth, sixth, and seventh. Okay. He'll I mean, probably OU be a top is, 200 pick, fourth, fifth round. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're expecting OU's four or more draftees to continue, correct? Very much so. Okay. That's something – I mean, I was, I was just so down on this 2020 team that's hard to even think that anyone's good enough to play in the NFL. <laughs> like, you know, you got Nick, and then it's like – after Nick, I was like, well, who else could it be? And I was like, well, I guess that guy maybe, and maybe that guy, that type of a thing. But it's it's been kind of down in my brain on the overall talent level that OU was carrying for that 2020 football team. What I'm about 2021. to say – 2021, oh, my God. Yeah, trust me. Uh <sighs> I get it. I'm, I'm exhausted. So there's a lot of buzz out here. I'll be heading to Mobile uh, tonight at midnight, be in Mobile tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of love for Perry on Winfrey and Brian Osamoa and Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas already. Mm-hmm. It's, and it shouldn't surprise anybody. And people I've talked to kind of reiterate the same things that I've said on this podcast and what we've gone over, Peyton, from an analysis perspective. The final three games saved Brian Osamoa and Perry on Winfrey's draft saw completely. Um, and I think that they have an opportunity here in Mobile whenever, whenever they get down there, they're they're down there right now. They're checking in, they'll do weights, I believe. Um, and they'll have the sign or the sign up stuff tomorrow or whatever, where they'll measure and do all that fun stuff. I'm interested to see where guys like Winfrey come in from a wingspan and all that stuff perspective, but there's a lot of buzz about how those guys are going to go throughout this process. And there's a lot of positive momentum heading into Mobile. And so we'll, we'll see. But uh, Tyrese Robinson out here in Las Vegas looks great. This is a very strong offensive line, defensive line group here in Las Vegas. Um, Eric Galco did a fantastic job putting a roster together that competes with the Senior Bowl. Uh, and the tight ends here, Peyton. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know if the Senior Bowl will have – again, I don't know. I'm not going to be out there. I, we'll be out there. Not out there yet. Haven't seen any practice yet, but it's it's pretty amazing. They got a kid. There's a kid from Maryland, dude. That it's like six one and a half tight end. That's like six one and a half, like two hundred thirty five, mm. two hundred forty pounds, and catches everything. It, Lucas Kroll from Pittsburgh. That was with Kenny Pickett. Unbelievable. And then there's a kid from Ohio, a tight end from Ohio, um, that is having a really really good couple days. And you ready? Here's your final one. Name to know. People that listen that love the draft that are listening to this. Noah, I believe Schliss is his name. Defensive tackle from Idaho, University of Idaho. He is raising hell and taking names. 
So it's been a, it's been a fun experience down, down here and uh, out here in Las Vegas, got to meet a lot of people and um, we'll see how uh, Mobile goes. All right, guys, Joe Mixon, Samanjay P. Ryan, Jordan Evans on the injured list, playing in the fucking Super Bowl. Joe, Joey B. Let's just say, we, everybody that listens to this podcast that, is OU fan, that are OU fans, us, I'm, you had not even, you didn't even have to be there. That 2019 Peach Bowl was like, I was like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to see anything else about this guy. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, there were times when OU was, like, it felt like 70% of the time OU was playing good defense and it just didn't matter. Um, but shout out Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan. Samaj uh, probably had one of the biggest plays of the game today. Yeah, and he also had a, he had a big play today. He also had the chance to uh, – it was kind of going on the, the Twitter stuff. You know, he had a really good play, and then he ran the wrong route on the screen, which could have been another touchdown. I mean, <laughs> um, but P. Ryan is my favorite OU running back. Um, he's fun to see. It was fun to see him run and, and, and play the way he did, uh, you know, get the yards that he did. So I, I'm, I'm just personally excited to be able to see him uh, be able to make it because I, I truly thought he was out of the league. I mean, I, once it didn't work in Washington the way it seemed like it was going to, and he's, you know, posting a bunch of Instagram photos, being back in Norman, working out with Wiley. I was like, oh, man, he's just going to become like a strength and conditioning coach and, you know, just, hey, that's it. But, you know, never give up. Keep going. Keep going to tryouts and stuff like that. Have your agent work for you pretty hard. And, yeah, now he's going to the, to the Super Bowl. I mean – and it is cool to see it's, you know, him and Joe. I mean, that same backfield that, you know, really picked up OU through the dark times to a certain degree is back at it. And the roles have reversed, obviously. I mean, B. Ryan's not the, not the big time star putting everything on his back. Uh, Joe has been kind of, I mean, Joe's transformation to being like a workhorse stud in between the tackles running back is amazing to see as an OU fan when he kind of sucked at that at OU uh, <laughs> you know he was he did all the cool plays uh now that he's kind of a true true NFL running back it's it's really cool to see man it it, it truly is pretty cool to see um them take it all the way it's, it's hard to say it any other way and I mean as the oldest person on this podcast page seeing the, the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> seeing the Cincinnati <laughs> seeing the Cincinnati Bengals playing in the Super Bowl uh, has to feel weird, right? Well, they, they did play. I'm not an NFL guy, so. They did play. Yeah, I mean, no, they're horrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, long term, I'm Googling something right now. They they did. Oh, wait on a second. Before I say this, I, I'm, I'm going to say that word. Okay, never mind. Nope, take it back. They, they did. This is the second time they've been in the Super Bowl in my lifetime. So I was 10 months old the last time they were in a Super Bowl. They lost to the 49ers. So uh, it's been a long time for that franchise to make it. Um, hopefully the other uh, on, on hard luck, horribly ran football, a pro football franchise in uh, Ohio give, gives, gets their OU player a chance to play for the Super Bowl pretty soon. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's interesting. It's cool to see. To me, that's kind of stuff that's really cool about the NFL that doesn't have the same thing in college football. Because, like, the Bengals are like, I don't know, uh, TCU, you know, <laughs> something like that. I mean, they, they're never going to play for a national championship unless, like, so many things have to happen. But in the NFL, you draft a couple of dudes, 
make the playoffs and who knows what will happen. College football never will, will never operate in that way. So that's the one cool thing about um, the NFL that makes it a little bit different. Um, now you'll probably say, but Peyton, um, the NFL was the same because Tom Brady went to half the Super Bowls. That, that we're just li- we're living in that in that era of the greatest quarterback to ever play uh, the game. Uh, that's just, that's just, that's an outlier uh, as a whole. Yes, it it was wild to see Patrick Mahomes in the second half. It was and that third and ten play where he took that sack and fumbled. He had Travis Kelsey wide open on just the simple wide cross across the field. Mm-hmm. Just things that you just don't see Patrick Mahomes doing. And it just, I don't know. It's Joe Burrow didn't get phased by the moment. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes did. And that just was really, 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 really weird to see. Now, Burrow did throw a bad pick um, in mm-hmm. this game. But uh, it's really, it was, I can't believe the Bengals are playing at a freaking Super Bowl. I mean, they've been the brunt of jokes of my entire life. Um, and it's crazy how one guy with a little bit of charisma and a little bit of confidence and what that can do when you add that into your locker room, uh, and a guy that's as good as Joe Burrow is. So Matt, get in, get in on with us. What's, uh, what was your thoughts on the Bengals chiefs today? Man, it was a, it was a great game to watch. I, I love Joe Burrow, man. Yeah. I've, since that, that last season at LSU, man, he has been my like football man crush. Um, I wasn't even mad at the at the OU game, the beatdown he gave OU. I wasn't even mad at it. I was just you just respect it. Like what seven touchdowns? You're like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Everyone everyone does this to our to our defense, uh, and then you just took it to a different level. Like you took it to a different level. Um, so no, uh, that was awesome. Seeing Joe and some AJ, uh, it's just it's so cool, man. It's so cool. I, I feel bad for the uh, was it four OU players on the on the Chiefs. Was it Creed, Blake Bell, James Winchester, and uh, Orlando Brown? So I feel yeah. feel bad for them, um, but still, just just cool to see that. Um, and then, man, an Ohio team taking a quarterback number one going to the Super Bowl. It's wild. Oh, you're doing it. And you're it's not, it's not Baker, and it's not Baker. I, I hate that. I hate that. Wow. But but I'm happy for Joe Burrow. I like him. He's he's just seems like one of the coolest dudes uh, around. So. San Francisco's up 10 to 7. 10 7. Yeah, and they just stopped him on fourth down, by the way. Uh, And also, um, oh, God, what was I going to say? Oh, this is stupid. I just forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. I do it all the time. Go ahead without me. I say, here's the kicker or something stupid, and I carry on. (laughs) I'm an idiot. You guys, this is you guys' deal. Go ahead. I completely get it. No, Matt, you got to stick around because we got to talk about how OU back against Auburn and then still somehow lost by 20 points. Oh, dude. Oh, man. I, I didn't get to watch a whole lot. I, I watched because uh, I was at I was at a remote for uh, Jake FM. Shout out. Country station there at Tyler Media. Um, so I, I got I got to watch maybe like the last five or six minutes whenever I got home. Finally, um, but I was talking to my dad on the way home. He was like, yeah, there's like 10 minutes left. It's within like it keeps going within like five and eight. He goes, so there's there's time for, for yeah, you to I come think back. They cut it to two in the second yeah, half. Yeah, they did. Point. They did. My dad was like, Yeah, there's time for them to come back, but there's also time uh, for them to blow us out, uh, which which is what happened. I mean, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, that's a pretty good duo uh, to have down there if you're Bruce Pearl. I mean, Bruce Pearl, man, those money bags are still working. 
Those, those bagmans are earning those paychecks down there in Auburn, man. Yo, what was up with him in Louisville? That didn't make any sense. Is Louisville that much better of a job than Auburn? Uh, historically, yes. Historically, yes. yes. Yeah. historically, yes. But I mean, current. If your bagman's, yeah. If your if your bagman's working, I mean, what he went to the Final Four, what three <laughs> years ago with Auburn? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if, and they look to be going to another one here. Just, what, two in the last four years, so. Yeah, that Jabari Smith kid has risen to my top of, he better end up in a Thunder uniform. And Paolo absolutely is now number two. He is now dropped. I, I will no longer be buying a Duke Bonchero jersey or Bonchero, <laughs> however, however the way you say it. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun weekend of college basketball. SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge was all really good. T- Texas tried to blow a 17- or 19-point lead in, in five minutes after only allowing 41 points. So, hey, you watch any uh, – you get any basketball in Saturday? Uh, no. Uh, well, I will be totally honest. College basketball is not my vibe to a certain degree. Um, it's just uh, once you watch NBA uh, – it's hard to look – it's hard to see the – it's it's like watching an entirely different sport. Like, you can watch NFL and watch college football. I mean, unless you're watching, like, Iowa play Northwestern or something and say, okay, you you can kind of see how it relates. Um, but it's it's hard to watch, you know, centers not even, you know, shoot 30% from three feet out. and It's, it's rough. It's hard for me personally. I apologize for all my other OU fans out there that may be sad at me. But it's kind of what it is. I mean, you're just a Spurs snob, so I get it. 100%. The beautiful game. If you want to, yeah, watch, uh, <laughs> watch, watch the 2013-2013 uh, uh, Spurs highlights on loop. For sure. For sure. So it's, uh, it's certainly – it's going to be interesting. I saw a lot of positive conversation regarding Porter Moser from a national perspective on Saturday in terms of Hayden, something we talk about with college football all the time. Start recruiting better players. Yep. Yeah, no, that sound was that. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, people walking by me, it's it, people looking at me. It's uh, it's certainly interesting recording a podcast in this environment. Um, would you get better players and players that fit into your system? Um, really helps you out. I said this to you when uh, immediately after Brent Venables is hired. Is I said, uh, Brent Venables figured it out at Clemson, man. So you, if you can recruit the best players on defense, you're gonna have a pretty good defense. So uh, shout out to Oklahoma basketball. They got some. They got some winnable games here this week. You got a, I believe, a trip to Oklahoma State on tap, and, uh, as well as a game against TCU. So two winnable games. They win both of those games. You're not a lock to uh, make the postseason. You probably have to scrap a couple more. But if they make the NCAA tournament in the first year under Porter Moser, <laughs> Matt's gonna agree with me on this. With this unathletic of a basketball team. I mean, congratulations. Um, job well done because it is it is amazing that they're even half the, half the talent and, and or half as good as what they are. Sorry, I just jumbled that up completely. Uh, they got TCU Monday night, Oklahoma State Saturday in Stillwater, and then Texas Tech at home. And, uh, again, like, you, you get two wins this week. You get Texas coming to town in a couple weeks. I don't know if you're going to win in Kansas unless you do what Kentucky did. Uh, last night, which was not miss a single shot. A uh, shout out. Or let the scoreboard sign like smash a Kansas player I in the face. <laughs> what the hell? They got to burn down. That's why we're getting. That's why that. we're getting out of the Big Twelve. They that's can't afford cool. to keep their their lights on and the stuff taped together. Oklahoma State has like a, a cow door to let the guys come in and out of the field. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, 
they're all going down to like Harbor Freight to build their stadiums, and we got to get out of here. You say that, and then Mississippi State uses cowbells for the stands for their. For well, that's their true. North. That's in the stands, though. <laughs> I promise you, I will never be going to a game in Starkville. If they should, if when they come to Norman, I may not go either. That Was is, it like, Stark, Stark Vegas? Listen, I cannot stand the ringing for an entire game. Can't happen. <laughs> Can't happen. When people brought that to like baseball games and stuff, I hated it too. So it's not a, it's not just a Mississippi State thing. So it is certainly an interesting. Uh, it's going to be an interesting transition. Um, would imagine that OU. I was thinking about this. So Big Twelve SEC Challenge, right? I wonder how long that contract is. I have no idea, but yeah, uh, potentially. Uh, I mean, the SEC totally has dominated the Big Twelve in that challenge this this year. So hopefully, OU is able to draw uh, a shitty Big Twelve team next year as a member of the SEC basketball squad. In 2019, the SEC Big Twelve Challenge contract was extended for six years. So if OU and Texas are in the SEC, and uh, oh, it got in, extended all the way to the end of the grant of end rights. Of the gra- correct. Yeah. So if OU and uh, Texas are in the SEC, 23, 24, 25, boy, those players are going to get everything the football team would be getting if they go into an opposing stadium. I guess that's how, they keep, that that's how they keep Bedlam alive, I guess, for a little bit longer. <laughs> Anything else we missed, boys? Uh, I do have a correction. It's Noah Ellis from Idaho with the defensive tackle. Noah Ellis, um, that's having a really – it's having a really, really good – um, shrine bowl so anything else we missed uh yes two things uh well a couple things uh, but two things real quickly on twitter i had a really funny tweet about you can't take the uh, texas tech out of somebody that was uh, a good one. which uh, caused pat Mahomes to lose and then you did a little sneaky rt like it seems some people are telling you the game is caught up to pat mahomes when it was 21 to 3 and it looked like the game caught up to pat mahomes at the end <laughs> uh but, yeah, I mean, I don't think the NFL is ever going to shut down Pat Mahomes, but that does seem like there seems to be somewhat of a script to get in his head. And I don't think the Bengals are really that great of a defense to have done it. So maybe there's something, if you're a Chiefs fan, uh, to, to be a little worried about in the future uh, as you're consistently going to conference championship games. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, they'll be right back where they were probably this time next year. and. I don't know. It's it was one of those things I would have to see and drink. I would have to see the all twenty-two to see what actually happened. But like oh, I noted yeah. earlier, that third and ten where they showed the all, whole all twenty-two clip and it was on the goal line, game on the line. You complete that pass to Travis Kelsey, um, you win, and it just wasn't there. So I don't know what they were running that was different. I know they were running a lot of too high in the first half. We'll see. It's but yes, I definitely did retweet it. Yes, I definitely have been shitting on people that have been talking shit on Patrick Mahomes <laughs> for the entire year. Uh, I'm not twenty one and sing. three. You had him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You let had him. In the, you game. had him in the first half. I'm not gonna let a single game result change my mind. So uh, or a single half result. But uh, no, it's fun, man. It, there was a lot of good ones today. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that got caught um, with that. But I think, I mean, we all thought it right. When it was 21, 21 to three, oh, there's no single sure. soul that thought the Bengals were going to sure. be able to do it. I thought that, yeah, I thought the Bengals Crazy. were going to lose to the Titans. So, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was over. But really, if you really think about it, uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs, neither of them should have been in that football game. So, no, 
they're both playing with just whatever. I mean, house money at that point in time. Yeah, Josh Allen had the tweet of the day with pain after Cincinnati, I believe, took the lead 24-21 in that game. And again, it was so it's so fascinating whenever like that Mahomes interception, um, not the overtime one, uh, but the the one on the screen pass or whatever. I don't know what they were running. Mm-hmm. That just was so weird. Like that's just un- so unlike him. And then the scrambling around wasn't. I mean, that happened. He was in running for his life in, in Lubbock. Um, yeah, <laughs> and they got they got beat then too. But I mean, he's got to – That can't happen. Um, that, I mean, that game to, in my head is like outside of the play call on the first and goal heading into halftime. Five seconds uh, outside of that, like I don't. I mean, I just – I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. One, we don't have the view, but mm-hmm. Mahomes was just – he got in his own head. I tweeted out that that's what the Thunderstruck movie logo or label whenever the game ended was like, this is what happened to Mahomes at half. It's crazy, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens for them in the future. His contract should kick in next year, so they're going to be yeah. able to – they're going to lose a lot of cap space to be able to put a good roster around him. They're going to have to pay Tyreek Hill um, if they haven't yet. Travis Kelsey, that whole bunch. So we'll see what the Chiefs can uh, muster up here because yeah. people have pointed out, Peyton, Kansas City has not necessarily drafted well over the last three years at all. Yeah, what, what I'm going to say is my fear for uh, Kansas City fans, which um, if you're out there, Kansas City fans, I want, I want you to know that I hate you um, with a passion um, because Denver Broncos rule, um, is that you're about to walk into the John Elway years. Um, and I say it from a different Broncos fan. Now, obviously, Pat Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl, but you're about to walk into the years potentially of we have this all-world number one, one-of-one quarterback, and we don't have a team <laughs> to support him. And he's going to be dragging horrible football teams to the conference championship game or to the Super Bowl, as John we did in the 80s and early 90s, just dragging them by himself, by – you know, sure, sure, uh, sheer force of will, and then just getting stomped on by a team that's actually built correctly. Um, so that to me is seeming what's happened, what's about to start happening. If they can't afford to keep Orlando Brown, they can't afford to keep some of the defensive players. I mean, they're they they lost some already, they're going to lose more, like you said. They can't pay everybody, and it's going to kind of kind of figure out what happens, or maybe for a more modern term, um. And maybe kind of more just like career base in general. He may have like an Aaron Rodgers type career at this point in time. Wins early, and the team around him just can't keep up with his own talent level. And he kind of gets, unless he does, I mean, people want to understand why Tom Brady won so much is he kept taking deals like at 50% market value. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to win, that's how you want to do it. You, it's hard to get paid and win at the same time uh, in the NFL. Just marry College, one of the easy. most. Just marry one of the most famous supermodels of all time, too. True, so, true, like, true. Well, he's got all that, he's got all that TikTok money. Let her out. make the money. Let her make the money. You may, you can take a pay cut after that. Yeah, I mean, Brittany's going to be making enough money from TikTok here soon that oh God. maybe he'll be able to do that. So, yeah. uh, Peyton, there was obviously a lot of conversation about winning whenever a quarterback's on his rookie contract is the best way to do it. No, I think you just put it perfectly, and I completely agree with you. Convincing a quarterback that he's not really worth to winning more than 30 million a year that is going to be the key moving forward but those contracts have gotten they've ballooned so much um and so we'll see what kind of happens luckily for uh for 
Baker Mayfield, he played bad enough to where he's not going to get paid that kind of amount of money. And so Cleveland can probably put some talent around on Actually, him if they, uh, if they pay, if they buy in on him. So uh, yeah, blessing in disguise, honestly. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was going to try to probably get 22, 25 million a year. And I just don't know if that would have been good for his career long-term. Now, if yeah. he's getting 16, 18, 20, and the team can still build around him, I think that that's better off. I mean, they're asking for market value before the season. That was like between 35 to 40. He needs to 25 max. Yeah. Max. It, max. Max. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, you can put, you can keep that roster around you. Um, they're going to, they have a first round pick that's pretty high. Uh, and they're going to take a receiver in Cleveland and mm-hmm. not a bad year to be able to take one of the top four receivers off the board, uh, with the group that's coming in with Wilson and Burks, um, and those guys, Matt, what you got? Speak, speaking of, did you see, uh, Daniel Jeremiah's first mock draft? So we were just talking about the chiefs. Um, he had them taking Jamison Williams with the last pick in the first round. That, if, better, that better not happen. If that happens, man, that should be illegal. That better not happen. That's ridiculous if that does happen. So I I don't think we've uh, I don't think we've missed anything else. If we have, let us know. We'll talk about it on next week's show. But for Peyton. But I want to do a quick taste test case. Uh, this is the, the our public one. So guys, um, if you need, uh, this is this is not sponsored or promoted by any way, shape, or form, but I just want to see it's a small test case. If you guys ever need anything for your Super Bowl needs, uh, head down to the Wild Turkey in uh, North MacArthur, Oklahoma City. My friend owns that uh, liquor store down there. And if your phones ever break, hit up 911 Phone Repair OKC. Uh, a form, uh, local OU fan down there can help you out. Um, I want to see if we can get some buzz, if we get some movement that way. Um, just hang out. I know both of those guys personally. Uh, who run those businesses. They're good dudes. Uh, they'll take care of you either way, shape, or form. Uh, Wild Turkey, he'll actually like walk you through the wine selection and tell you all the kind of stuff you need to get it and get, need to get hooked up on. Um, I want to show people, I want to see if we got some power of the podcast, power of the people uh, to some of these uh, businesses we can kind of touch with and uh, support in the way that we can. But uh, 911 phone repair at Penn Square Mall with mm-hmm. our boy Stephen Brown. Hooked up me, it's hooked me up before. So yes, definitely go do that. Friend of the podcast, very good. I think close personal friends with with both Peyton and I. So yeah, definitely, definitely go do that. Anything else? Uh, I think the only thing we have left to do is Boomer.